Welcome to Christian Guardian News. We're bringing you the latest news from the Christian community. Today we're covering a broad spectrum of topics, each one shedding light on various aspects of our faith and society. First up, we have the urgent call for evangelical voters to step up and make their voices heard. It's a critical time for our nation and the world, and your vote can make a significant impact. Next, we're delving into the recent warnings about the spread of transgender ideology. This is an issue that's stirring up passionate debates and concerns within the Christian community. We'll be exploring the diverse perspectives on this topic and what it means for our faith. Moving on, we address the growing demand for accurate religious portrayals in media. It's no secret that Christians often feel misrepresented or misunderstood due to skewed portrayals in films, TV shows and other media outlets. We've gathered some compelling stories that highlight this issue and show why it's so important for us to push for truth and authenticity in how our faith is depicted. In a lighter vein, we turn to the controversy stirred up by a recent Saturday Night Live skit. Humour can often be a tricky territory when it comes to religion, and this skit has certainly sparked a lively debate. We'll be diving into the reactions, the criticisms, and the broader question of how humour intersects with faith. That's just a glimpse of what we have in store for you today. Stay tuned as we delve deeper into these headlines throughout the show. We promise it's going to be an enlightening journey through the heart of the Christian community. So sit back, relax, and let's navigate these waters together. Stay tuned as we delve deeper into these headlines throughout the show. In a recent episode of the Generation Indoctrination podcast titled How Should the Church Respond to Gender Ideology? Host Brandon Showalter delves into the imperative role of the church in confronting transgender ideology, described as a form of extreme self-focus akin to self-deification. The podcast warns of dire consequences if the church abstains from actively engaging in this issue. The episode features a discussion that revolves around the Christian belief in the sanctity of human life, epitomized by the notion that humanity is created in the image of God, a principle highlighted by Richard Land, the former president of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Land articulates a Christian vision of humanity's purpose and worth, contrasting it with a nihilistic perspective that sees life as meaningless. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries and co-author with Showalter of Exposing the Gender Lie, discusses the cultural narratives surrounding transgender ideology, pinpointing Gnosticism and monism as two philosophical views that undermine the Christian understanding of the body and soul's intrinsic value. Katie McCoy, director of the Women's Ministry at Texas Baptists, emphasizes the importance of the church's role in providing a holistic care approach to individuals experiencing gender dysphoria. She advocates for addressing the spiritual, psychological and emotional needs of the affected, cautioning against the long-term, often irreversible impacts of gender transition treatments. McCoy also draws on historical instances of gender confusion to argue for a theological response grounded in the biblical narrative of creation and sexual differentiation. The conversation also touches on the broader societal implications of failing to address transgender ideology from a Christian standpoint. McCoy underscores the need for the church to maintain its witness by speaking truth in love and balancing theological convictions with compassion. 
Trent Langhofer, a licensed professional counsellor, adds to the discussion by highlighting the contemporary societal trend towards validating subjective feelings over objective reality, a shift he argues is detrimental to psychological resilience and health. The podcast concludes with a call to integrate spiritual insights with psychological practice, with Myers advocating for a therapy that acknowledges spiritual warfare and the healing potential of the gospel. Land reiterates Christianity's unique capacity to offer a resolution to the confusion surrounding transgender issues, framing it as a battle for the soul that can only be won through Christ. The episode presents a cohesive argument for the Church's engagement with transgender ideology, emphasizing the necessity of a response that is informed, compassionate and grounded in Christian doctrine. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, LCMS, has recommenced the distribution of its new annotated edition of Luther's Large Catechism. Despite the reservations expressed by certain highly conservative constituents and clergy within the denomination, the publication in question, titled Luther's Large Catechism with Annotations and Contemporary Applications, presents the original text of Luther's Large Catechism, a fundamental statement of Lutheran belief, complemented by 80 essays that interpret Luther's teachings for the present day. This comprehensive volume extends beyond 700 pages. In the latter part of January, Concordia Publishing House undertook the initial release of this edition. However, a fortnight prior to the recent update, LCMS President Matthew Harrison disclosed his directive to the denominational publisher to halt its distribution temporarily. This pause was to allow for a thorough review of the feedback and critiques that had emerged, with a view to reassessing the denomination's doctrinal verification process. The critique centered around the apprehension that certain essays which do not constitute Lutheran doctrine, per se, might misrepresent contemporary topics such as racial justice, human sexuality, and the debate over gun rights. In a communication with Christianity Today, Harrison elucidated the controversy, indicating that specific excerpts had been selectively highlighted to suggest a purported effort to integrate concepts related to critical race theory, sexual ambiguity, and so-called woke issues into the LCMS framework, thereby misrepresenting the broader intent and content of the publication. In other news, there are ongoing legal battles over proselytizing and religious freedom laws. Let's take a step back and look at the bigger picture, shall we? We're living in a world where the boundaries of religious freedom are being constantly tested, redefined, and sometimes even blurred. Recent years have seen a surge of legal battles concerning proselytizing and religious freedom laws, sparking intense debates across the globe. To give you a bit of context, proselytizing, the act of attempting to convert someone from one religion, belief or opinion to another, has always been a contentious issue. On one hand, it's seen as an exercise of one's right to freedom of speech and religion. On the other, it's considered invasive and disrespectful to others' beliefs. As a result, we've seen a slew of lawsuits concerning proselytizing, each with its own unique set of circumstances. Now let's talk about religious freedom laws. These laws are designed to protect individuals and groups from discrimination based on their religious beliefs. However, these laws have also been at the center of numerous legal battles, particularly when they intersect with other societal issues such as LGBTQ plus rights, healthcare and education. 
In these cases, the balance between protecting religious freedom and ensuring equal rights for all becomes a delicate, often contentious, dance. The implications of these legal battles are far-reaching. They not only shape the legal landscape, but also influence societal norms and attitudes towards religion. They force us to ask tough questions. Where do we draw the line between freedom of religion and respect for others' beliefs? How do we ensure that religious freedom doesn't become a license for discrimination? And how do we navigate these issues in a world that's increasingly diverse and interconnected? The Christian community, like many others, is deeply invested in these discussions. In many cases, they're not just observers, but active participants in these legal battles. They're standing up for their right to practice their faith freely, but also grappling with the challenge of doing so in a way that respects the rights and beliefs of others. Responses from the Christian community are as diverse as the community itself. Some see these legal battles as a threat to their religious freedom, while others view them as an opportunity to advocate for a more inclusive and respectful society. Regardless of where they stand, one thing is clear. These legal battles have ignited a conversation within the Christian community, prompting deep reflections on the nature and limits of religious freedom. As these legal battles continue to unfold, they're likely to shape not just the legal, but also the cultural and social landscape of our societies. And while these battles may be fraught with tension and controversy, they also present an opportunity. An opportunity to engage in dialogue, to reflect on our values, and to work towards a society where everyone's beliefs are respected. We will keep you updated on any developments in these legal battles. Turning our attention internationally, Christians in Iran and other parts of the world continue to face persecution. In many corners of the globe, practicing Christianity isn't as simple as attending a Sunday service or joining a Bible study group. For some, it's a courageous act of defiance and faith, a testament to their unwavering belief in the face of adversity. Let's shift our focus towards Iran, a country where Christians are often subjected to severe persecution. Iran is home to a significant number of Christians, many of whom practice their faith in secret due to fear of retaliation from authorities. The Iranian government, which strictly enforces Islamic law, views conversion to Christianity as an act of apostasy, punishable by imprisonment or even death. Yet, the flame of faith continues to burn brightly in the hearts of these brave individuals. Let's take a moment to share some of their stories. There's Mariam, a mother of two who hosts secret prayer meetings in her home, risking not just her freedom but her life to share the word of God with her fellow believers. Then there's Daniel, a young man who was arrested for carrying a Bible in his backpack. He spent six months in a notorious prison known for its harsh conditions, but never lost his faith. These stories are just the tip of the iceberg. There are countless others like Mariam and Daniel, ordinary men and women who are paying an extraordinary price for their beliefs. They face the constant threat of arrest, violence, discrimination, and even death but they remain steadfast, their faith unbroken, their spirits indomitable. Now you may be asking yourself, how can I help? There are several ways you can support these communities. First, by raising awareness about their plight. Share their stories, talk about the issue with your friends, family and colleagues. The power of conversation should never be underestimated. 
It's the first step towards change. Secondly, there are numerous organizations working tirelessly to advocate for religious freedom and provide support to persecuted Christians worldwide. Consider donating to these organizations or getting involved in their advocacy work. Your contributions, no matter how small, can make a significant difference. Lastly, never underestimate the power of prayer. Pray for strength, courage and protection for these persecuted Christians. Pray for change, for tolerance and for religious freedom. The power of prayer is immeasurable and your prayers can provide much needed hope and comfort to those facing persecution. We stand in solidarity with our brothers and sisters facing persecution and will continue to bring you updates on their situation.